Hi, everyone. Quick note from Paul here before we start today's episode. Um, this episode cuts off in the middle, um, and you will hear that shortly. So we have part one and part two of Unpacking Gay Ladies. Um, so super excited that Kathleen was able to join us for a total of three episodes, but you'll notice, I think it's around 40 to 45 minutes in on this episode that we, um, quick cut and then, um, it ends. So you'll get part one this week and then part two next week. Um, if you have any questions or concerns or frustrations about this switch, uh, feel free to sound off in the comments or on the Apple store, um, or on Spotify. So, um, really appreciate you guys, all the feedback that you've been giving. We've been working super hard, um, to bring you stuff that is interesting, somewhat controversial and always looking through things with the lens of anxiety, depression, and everything in between. So thank you guys so much. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Please feel free to give us feedback. Thank you so much. Okay, and we are back, everyone. Welcome to another weekly episode of Let's Unpack That, a podcast at one point which was designed and developed by millennials for people struggling with anxiety and depression, but now we're just interested in unpacking topics that are relevant, and a lot of times our co-hosts have anxiety, depression, or just general worrisome feelings. Um, So I am back with Kathleen. Um, and if you did not listen to her first episode yet, where you got to know her and her nonprofit experience in Tanzania and listened and you didn't get a chance to listen to our conversation on social justice, I would highly recommend you go back to episode 17 and listen to that. And this is episode 18. So Kathleen, welcome back to the pod. Thank you. I feel so honored that you are having me on here a second time. Wow, back to back. Well, the reviews are in and your first episode was great. Amazing. (laughs) So um, we figured that this topic, we would go a little bit more just blunt, just straight to the point because we originally came here with the intention of talking about this topic, um, but you know, as things happen, as you get to know people that you don't know 100% well, you're going to talk about the things that you have things in common with. So mm-hmm. the nonprofit experience, I think, was such an awesome experience for us to talk about. Yeah, um, and like the only one that we haven't really talked about yet, because we have some things in common, but I feel like ooh, we didn't talk about that one. That's a good segue. What do we have in common? Where do we start? Um, Well, I was mostly thinking about one of the first times that we truly bonded was telling stories about our grandparents. I know that's not what this episode is about, but I just got to plug my grandmother because she's the greatest human in the whole world. Um, And I know that we both have a soft spot in our hearts for our grandparents. So that is how we truly bonded. Yes. But we have other things in common too. We do. Yeah. The grandparents was like crying alone in your room mm-hmm. with the door shut in the middle During of a, a party. party. <laughs> yeah. Was it Chris's birthday? It was somebody's it was birthday. Somebody's birthday or yeah. like a house, our housewarming or something. I don't remember, but I just remember Hugh, me and Jack in my bedroom with the door closed. And the next thing I know, Andrew opens the door and he's like, do you guys want to join the rest of us? And we're like, in a minute. In a minute, we're crying. <laughs> One hour later, and we like come out with tissues. I like. know. That was really funny. But yeah. I think the other thing in com- that uh, we have in common, which is I think really cool that um, we didn't mention this on the last episode, is that mm-hmm. we're both part of the queer community. It's true. Um, because I think it's, Jack and I have talked about this. We talked about this on the coming out episode, but it's so normal for the first thing that queer people to talk about is being queer. I Mm -hmm. think we're getting better at that. Like 
queer people are getting better at that. Yeah. Um, but oftentimes you search for those things that you have in common and that's mm-hmm. a big one. Um, mm-hmm. but I feel like I maybe didn't even know that like you were part of the queer community until no, maybe I knew the first time we hung out, but like, I didn't really know how to like ask you about it or talk to you about it because, mm-hmm. um, for my, uh, straight female friends who listen, I think it's always like, how do it? I've always said that like gay men and lesbians don't have anything in common. Cause like, <laughs> I like dick and you don't. And it's like, that's that's such a trivial way. Like, com- comedians say that all the time. I feel like mm-hmm. it's like a, a very old joke and also like not a very helpful joke for like tearing down some of the stereotypes right. between gay men and gay women. Mm-hmm. So um, why don't you just sort of like introduce gay Kathleen? Sure. We got to know nonprofit Kathleen, but this is your, your other brand. <laughs> Let me take off my one hat and put on my <laughs> gay hat. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> it's a leotard. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a gay man thing. See, mm. what, what would a gay woman put on? What would a gay woman's brand be? <laughs> You're like a flannel. I just took my flannel off. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, gosh, what do I? Where do I even start? My name's Kathleen, and I'm a gay lady. Uh, gay lady. That hey, gay so lady. Great. Sorry. Hey. Uh, I, that's actually something I spend a lot of time thinking about is how do I introduce myself as a queer person? Because I have had such an interesting relationship with the labels that we use. Mm. And I often feel uncomfortable using the word lesbian, even though it's not incorrect in terms of how I identify. It's kind of like a, people have such a specific connotation. I think about what that means and I, it bothers me. What do you think are components of that connotation? Or how would you define that connotation? I think a lot of times lesbian, you, when you think of a lesbian, you think of someone who falls into like one of two categories, which is either the femme or the lipstick lesbian, which is, you know, the very like pretty put together, maybe straight passing because they look traditionally feminine. And then on the other side, you have someone who maybe identifies as more butch, who, mm-hmm. who presents a little bit more mas- more masculine. Um, and that those are the two kinds of people who should be in a relationship. That two femmes could never be in a relationship. That two butch people can never be in a relationship. And it just... I just think that's so wrong. Like it bothers me so much that there's this binary that exists even within a community that tries so hard to fight the binary, fight the binary. (laughs) Right. Because there's so much more to it than that. Um, and I, I think that even my attraction to other people goes beyond someone who identifies as a woman in their gender expression, Mm -hmm. gender identity. Mm -hmm. Um, the the spectrum of people that I'm attracted to is definitely broader than that. And so lesbian feels very much on the like woman identified person Mm. end of the spectrum. And I don't think that I'm there. Mm -hmm. And so I often tend towards queer, but I think queer is also used a lot in terms of like describing the culture of people within the LGBTQ community Mm -hmm. and not not so much as like an identifier of Mm -hmm. a person and Mm -hmm. their sexual orientation. And Mm -hmm. so I struggle with that too. And then like gay lady is just fun to say, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it totally um, is. Yeah. And it, it's like a little bit more relatable because I think that that is the word that you hear the most. I think queer is definitely True. becoming more and more f- like frequently used, but gay just seems to be what 
people know and can understand more easily. And so I use that a lot. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So even though that necessarily gay can sometimes have a binary too. I would imagine yeah. for a lot of people, like if you're a gay lady, you must only be interested in ladies. So right. like what you're saying is like, mm, gender is not really binary at all, mm-hmm. but it goes, it goes back to like that idea of just like, Oh, when people find out that you're a, you're in a gay relationship, it's like, Oh, who's the man and who's the woman? I'm like, well, Ugh. funny thing. We're, we're both men yeah. or we're both women or right. we're both some combination of either. Mm-hmm. And people don't really know that that's pretty fucking offensive. Um, and I'm going to take that stance because I think Jack would be um, proud of me for taking that stance because I tend to be a little bit more of an apologist, I think, because I mm. think there's a lot that people don't know about the queer community. There's a lot um, that people you know, don't know what they can and can't say, um, even though they do have the ability to do research. I think mm-hmm. that a lot of people can be lazy and still have a good heart, even though I will take Jack's position of just like fucking look it up. You know, fucking yeah. look up the words that you can say and that you can't say because I've been wondering what I'm supposed to say around you for my entire fucking mm-hmm. life. You can worry what you're going to say around me for my right. entire, for right. my, the rest of my life. Yeah, um, there's this like amount of code switching that we've had to do is just sort of blend into this heteronormative society that we live in. And mm-hmm. like, that's exhausting. We have had to blend in and we have had to then once we come out, mm-hmm. quote unquote, mm-hmm. we have to define what that bucket is for people. And oftentimes I don't think that people know that bucket. So, yeah. you know, a lot of gay men often say like, oh, bi now, gay later, because they come out as bi and then they're gay later. But like, I don't know if that's really a thing that happens in the lesbian or the gay lady experience. <laughs> um, but I, I think that that's just like so disrespectful to the bi community because yeah. um bisexuality is a real thing and Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people are just figuring it out and they're figuring it out through social pressures Mm -hmm. and we shouldn't diminish someone who is bi just because someone else must have once thought they were bi and that experience was like well I was bi but now I'm gay and it's like well you weren't ever maybe really bi but you were trying to figure it out at that time so that was a label that was comfortable for you and I don't want to unpack labels because I do (laughs) believe that like people need them but like I don't know like what's your what's your thoughts on like some of the labels that that you've had to experience or that you've had to explain to other lesbians other gay men other straight people like what was I'm not going to ask you what coming out was like unless you want to (laughs) share that but you know a um, long journey my friend a long journey. journey, yeah. But you know what? What have been some of those things that you've had to share in mm-hmm. terms of your label with with other totally. gay women? Yeah, I mean, I think to your point about like using this like by now gay leader thing that is, and I cringe when I say it, but that is in some ways my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that I told people I was by because I really didn't know, and I was scared to make a decision at 13, 14 years old when I started actually expressing this questioning that I had to other people. And Mm -hmm. I remember telling my neighbor one time, I was like, I think that I, I'm bi. And he was like, oh yeah, you know, you say that, but I can't wait for you to grow out of this phase. Like, all girls your age are bi. And I was like, what? 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 Yeah, was that like a straight white male saying that? It was. <laughs> Sorry, not to, was. not to trash the straight white male, but, you know, to trash you a little bit. Yeah. It is like a, oh, you're not really like this. You know, you're and, just like this for this time. And like as a 14-year-old girl who grew up in a conservative family who I know very much did not accept people who weren't straight, um... 
I questioned myself. I let this person who I barely knew, except that Mm -hmm. he was a neighbor close to my age Mm -hmm. and had hung out with in a group a couple of times, I let him question my identity. And it caused a crisis within me for a long time. And I was so confused. Because you're coming back to that person who said something. Yeah. That person that you felt was safe that you told something about. And it's like, those words ring in your head, I think. 15 years later, and I still remember. Right. Yeah. Um, Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what? But I think to, to your question more so... The interesting thing that I found is that talking about sort of like falling into these categories or or these cultures or these, you know, these these language, these labels that we use to talk about people and groups of people. It's interesting to me that even within the LGBTQ community, there are terms that identify different people within like the lesbian community that Gay men don't know any of these things, but the expectation is that every gay person knows the lingo, but the lingo is so centered on gay men mm-hmm. that like I've mm-hmm. had this experience more than once. I remember I was watching. You've, you've had this experience with me. Oh, with, absolutely. Yeah, where I was like, I, I didn't know. There are there terms. Yeah. 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 Like, and even like. What do you mean? I, I was watching. There was like that. You're not just a lesbian. <laughs> Not just God. a lesbian. God, it's so annoying. Um, <laughs> you're like, I'm not even that. Yeah, you're like, I'm yeah. a gay lady. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what I am. Leave me alone. Um, I was watching this like dating show that had been on Netflix. Yes, that's where you talked about it. Is it? Okay, because mm-hmm. I had the same experience mm-hmm. with one of my roommates. Uh, we were watching it, and they one of the one of the women on the the queer lady episode introduced herself as like I think something like a butch dom, mm-hmm. and he was like, What is that? What does that mean? Like, you, there's dom and subs in lesbian <laughs> relationships it's like i don't get it like yeah. what's a femme I, like i've never heard these what does that mean i yeah. could guess but yeah. i i've never heard these terms and i'm yeah. over here like bear otter twink like i just like throw them out throw them out stick them to the no, wall yeah like, exactly. most people know a twink is a hairless gay man a right. bear is a hairy gay man right and then like if otter, you're not an otter like, is like a slender hairy mm-hmm. gay man and then like if you're anything else in between there, it's like, you're a jock, you're a whatever. And it's like, you're, or you're a daddy, like whatever. There's like a million terms that like mm-hmm. somehow, you know, and you're supposed to know. Yeah. But like, why didn't I know any of your terms? Yeah. Like what the fuck is wrong with me that I didn't know any of your terms? Controversial opinion. Gays love labels. <laughs> <laughs> Gays is in gay men or... I mean, I'm not going to name names, <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> it is like we're we're very much I think label driven mm-hmm. and like what we are, who we are. It doesn't necessarily inform who we date or who we hang out with, mm-hmm. but it's so important I think for the gay man to be like this is what I am. This is the box that I fit in. I've been searching for my box the whole life. Which is uh, valid. And, and I like, get that. I de- that wanting to fit in a box. I get like, it. There's also like that that I say is like I would say a, a gay man who's pretty down to earth mm-hmm. and ignoring the culture of Instagram gays and maybe that's a label, but like all of these people who like have these jack bodies who wear speedos all the time who pose with all of their friends that like who knows if they even like and somehow have been able to be friends with like 50 or 60 gay men and like Mm -hmm. that's it that's Mm -hmm. their community um and I think other gay men like Jack don't like when I talk about this like in the same way because I'm like just supposed to be like respectful of everyone's experience and I am respectful of their experience Mm -hmm. I just can't help but think that that is not a diverse experience and I think what makes the queer community so successful 
is going back to our roots of how we started and mm-hmm. the gay movement started with black trans activists mm-hmm. and black drag queens mm-hmm. and poor people and yes there were white gay men there yes there were lesbians there but how often do you hear about lesbians at Stonewall ever I have no idea. I have no idea. Because it's like, well, we started it. And it's like, so it's us. And it's like, that is no different from like any other form of like feeling elitist that Mm -hmm. we have. And like being a little, not classist, because that's not the right way. But like creating a hierarchy even in in a a culture of people who are marginalized and discriminated against. And I I mean, I think there's similarities between like the rest of society and the gay community in terms of who sort of gets acknowledged first, who gets accepted, who gets the rights, who gets the, it's it's the same. It's white men at the top and it all trickles down from there, both in the gay community and in the rest of society. It's totally for true. Sure. Who has mm-hmm. the most visibility? Who do you see on the most floats at, at gay pride parades? Who's you in know? all of the like, TV shows? Exactly. Yeah. Like I minus the like the token sassy black gay man mm-hmm. you know right it was like fitting an archetype mm-hmm. you know which is not true to the experience but other than that it's a the sassy white gay friend you yeah. know and maybe yeah. it's a lesbian but she's like off in the corner and being there's always somewhere. one right yeah right she's butch and she's alone and she never gets to actually be in a relationship with anybody god forbid god forbid god forbid she find I, uh, happiness yeah i read this one website autostraddle.com just to put a little plug i'm not gonna think for this but i love this website if you're oh. a queer lady check it out oh. autostraddle.com um, they almost like every week have an article about like, we finally have a gay lady relationship on this show. It's like, the show's not good, but there's a gay relationship. So you should watch it. You like, watch it. you know, yeah. I like, I am here yeah. to see two women on screen loving each other or whatever it is, especially if there's a happy ending, even if the rest of the show is total bullshit. Yeah. Like I yeah. just want to see some sort of representation. It's totally in true. media. Uh huh. Yeah. Of my experience. Yeah. it's I, I completely agree with that. And even as someone who I feel does get represented a lot more frequently now in media as a white gay man, I, I think that still I struggle to find the, the one that I can relate to. You know, mm-hmm. I uh, the ones that I relate to are like the tragic human disaster main characters. That's like not actually me, but I'm like, this is what society is telling me is me. And I'm like, that's just the most fucking inane way of looking at something. And that's why I love that show Dating on Netflix because Mm -hmm. it was, to me, a produced show, but it was people sitting down on dates and talking about their experiences. Mm -hmm. There were straight people, there were queer people, queer men, queer women, I think there was like one girl who was who was by and it was like mm-hmm. whoa like we have to talk about yeah. that and it was just like yeah. so nice to look at those episodes and look at the the non-binary of queer culture and how all of those people were so different yet the stories that you see represented are often one story mm-hmm. unless it's a show that as you were saying is like on YouTube only. Yeah. <laughs> it's like here's this here's this gay like this these gay couples or all these gay people who live together, which I don't mm-hmm. think is often true either. Um or it, it is in your house. It uh, is. But We're yeah. all gay. Yeah. We're all gay. Which all is cool. What is yeah. it like living with two gay men? Positive and negative. Trash these hoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me start out by saying that I love them very much. Yes. Um yeah. they are wonderful and I love living with them. The one, the hardest thing for me 
is that because they are two gay men, a lot of their friends are also gay men. And so when we go out to the neighborhood, it is me and a bunch of gay men. And that has so many implications Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Number one, it's a hell of a good time. Let's just say that. It's a lot of fun. I do really enjoy going out with this like large group that we often end up out with. But I'm literally the only woman there. And Mm -hmm. I get Mm -hmm. into sort of this like very self-conscious headspace where I'm thinking about what everyone else in the room is perceiving, which like nobody's even looking at me. Nobody cares. But the assumption is always, especially because I'm straight passing, which is another thing we can get into. um, People assume that I'm like there with my gay best friends and oh my God, I'm like the basic white girl who's just like hanging out with the gay dudes and I'm just so happy to be here. (laughs) So the lesbians would look at you and like not even give a second glance because they just assume that you're probably... Well, but what lesbians? Because every bar in the city except for one is just gay men. Mm -hmm. That that is totally true. And thank you for checking me on that. Yeah. Because I think one of the coolest nights that we ever had all going out Mm -hmm. as the white gay men that we are was when we fucking went to Black Walnut. And Black Walnut... Twisted Walnut. Oh, fuck! Black (laughs) Walnut is a winery near Phoenixville. (laughs) Fuck my ass. So the Toasted Walnut... Um, is the, I would say it's, it's a queer bar, but it is, mm-hmm. it is designed and geared towards gay women. Yes. Yes. I agree. Um, and it seems that when we were there on opening night <laughs> that it was, or whatever, it was opening weekend, yeah. that it was run by mostly gay women mm-hmm. too, which is totally. fucking awesome. And it was so cool to see you in that environment rather than seeing like you and ours, you know, yeah. I remember you were like dancing with a couple people and we were like, it's living your life it's like you're like i'm just i'm just dancing i'm just here but like (laughs) i'm still self-conscious about them all thinking i'm straight uh right but it was like it was cool to be in a space that i felt like made you more comfortable but totally okay full transparency yep the more we drank Mm -hmm. the drunker we got Mm -hmm. the more the white gay men took control of the dance floor and that Mm. is not the purpose of that space i remember sitting next to like Two women who looked like they were probably queer men, queer women, or they could have been trans. They 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 seemed to me as as people who felt like they might have been outsiders in that bar mm-hmm. because they were quiet. Like one of them was a, looked a little bit upset to be out there, like visibly uncomfortable. Like and of course me as an analytical person, I'm like what? So I just like went up to them. I was like, come on, like let's dance, like, let's mm-hmm. get on the dance floor. And they were like, we don't need to do that. And I was like, wow, okay, oh. let me, you know, like let me stop. Like this is their space. Mm-hmm. Let me make it more comfortable for them and by going the fuck away and shutting my fucking mouth and that was like a huge wake-up call and i'm sorry i'm processing so much talking about your gay bar you know like no, no, your this is bar. great this is why we're here this yeah is why we're here. but like i'm unpacking these thoughts and feelings that i have because i'm like that night was like such a fucking blast but i'm like it was a blast because of where we were mm-hmm. and it felt like a unified queer community until of course we got too drunk and controlled the dance floor but it felt like a unified queer community of just like we are all respecting each other's differences Mm -hmm. and we know that this is your space as gay ladies like we totally get that um and that you guys need this space because it is the only bar in philadelphia so i am not going to encourage people on this podcast to go and check out the toasted walnut because most of our listeners are straight however i will say if you have a queer friend encourage them to go Mm -hmm. encourage your gay lady friends to go. Yeah. So that's my rant around totally. Toasted Walnut. But I mean, t- I definitely yeah, me feel yeah. the most comfortable there. I Again, I have a lot of like self-conscious ideas about how I look and what people assume about me, but I, I just 
when I walk in there, I just feel at home. I feel like I'm with my people, which sounds super cliche, but like any other time we go into a bar, it's literally just men, gay, straight. I don't even know. I've had men hit on me in gay bars before mm-hmm, where it's mm-hmm. mostly gay men because I think they see me with a, with gay men and they're like, oh, she must be the straight friend. I had a guy offer me like $500 to make out with him. What? And I was like, what? No. Yeah, on the dance floor upstairs at Woody's. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I will say, also, I probably would have taken that money if yeah. I were you. But <laughs> I was like, I don't think he's actually going to give it to me. Also, no thank you. Definitely not the person that I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. uh, are there any other women here? Uh, but, you know, honestly, to, to my own fault, I th- when I see women in those bars, I frequently think the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. unless I see them very visibly interacting with another woman another that's woman. more than friendship, I also assume that they're there as the straight friend, you know, straight woman friend who's there. Trying and, to be an ally, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I, like, I hate myself for that. But I'm also terrified of the idea of walking up to a woman and being like, hey. And she'd be like, no, no, I'm just here with my gay friends. I'm like, oh, well, I'm actually gay, so. <laughs> Can you get the fuck out? Yeah. <laughs> But that's what I mean. Like, do what do you do? Like, what do you do? Do you go up and I, I one? Okay, so I've never dated. Full transparency. Um, and and while I'm here, I'm going to refill my fish eye Chardonnay. Um, this is this is ASMR. Sound effects. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my what god! Is it? We uh, full okay. transparency. This is wine out of a box. Yes. So that's where we are. But the box is beautiful. It is a beautiful box. And uh, speaking of boxes, lesbianism. <laughs> <laughs> You know a term. Okay, so lesbianism or box? <laughs> but that's what, like I. But both. But, but actually both. I know two terms. You know two terms. So walk us through some of what those terms are, because I know the straight people are like, you have already hit twink, you've hit otter, you've hit. Pear. I have learned enough, but you know mm-hmm. what? You fucking haven't, because I know all about. You and your baby showers and your blue and your pink. And your sprinkles and, and your, your baby sprinkles. Your showers, and your... your sprinkles, your wedding showers, your this, your that. The size of your diamond, how the man's mm-hmm. supposed to save like three paychecks for a diamond or whatever. All this stuff I have had to learn about your culture. Mm-hmm. So you're going to shut the fuck up and listen. So <laughs> Kathleen, walk me through some of your terms as a gay lady. Sure. Let me pull out my lesbian dictionary. Um, right out of your... <laughs> trying to make right it. out of my box. <laughs> yeah. Good for storing stuff. It's great. (laughs) Anybody Broad City Alana reference? Yeah, Jack is screaming. (laughs) Uh, I forget what she calls it, though. I don't know. I I love Broad City, but like I don't remember details. Her something purse? I don't know. I just remember that she was hiding some stuff up there, if you know what I mean. Um, Anyway, moving on. I let's let's just say that I probably don't even know all the terms and I'm still like learning and figuring it out because I haven't dated that much since I came out, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which I have a lot of feelings about. But I mean, I, I a lot of the ones that I've mentioned before, like a femme or a lipstick lesbian is sort of your very feminine appearing woman, likes to get dressed up, wear high heels, that kind of thing, sort of what you would expect from and expect i mean society expects this from women right <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't <laughs> and then on the other end of that spectrum you have your butch lesbians which are a little bit more masculine appearing 
maybe have a short haircut, but that's not a prerequisite. You know, again, I'm these are stereotypes. These are huge generalizations, which are not always true. You might have someone that looks a certain way and identifies with something that you would, you know, sort of associate with something totally different. So each person to their own, but this is sort of what the general terms yeah, are. It's like not like every girl covered in tattoos with a short haircut riding a motorcycle is a lesbian. Right, you know? exactly. She could be a bike chick or yeah. just a chick who right. happens to have a bike. Right. Yeah. And then you've got like your sub and your dom, which I think are sort of more universal terms of mm-hmm. like your, who's submissive, who's dominant, who's the top, who's the bottom, who's verse, which means that you go both ways. Um <laughs> That was a weird fucking laugh. Lumberjack lesbians is a thing that's out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wear a lot of flannel, maybe a little bit more on the masculine side. I really hate the labels. I really do. Because there's just so many people out there just trying to figure out who they are. And and I think even more so because, like, I don't even know where I fit in there. Like, like I said, I'm definitely straight passing and I recognize the privilege of that. There are spaces that I can be in and feel very safe that other people in the queer related community probably don't. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that I'm feminine, but I wouldn't say that I'm incredibly butch either. So mm-hmm. I don't really know where I fall. I've heard mm-hmm. the term, I think it was in like someone's stand-up special or something, but a chapstick lesbian. And I think <laughs> I think that's might be where I am. <laughs> It's kind of like, I don't have to do a lot, but just put on some chapstick and I feel great about myself. Awesome. <laughs> I'm a chapstick lesbian. Um, I, I think that that's just like a, a hilarious way to think of like, what's not a lipstick lesbian? Yeah. It's a chapstick lesbian. <laughs> but like, butches probably wear a chapstick too. Right, know. yeah. Um, I do. I love a good butch looking lesbian who's right? in a red lip. I'm like, uh, yeah, like I. Like, give it I, to me. I am turn, fully turned on by yeah. that, you know? Oh, me too. Like, I know, um, it's getting hot in here. My box is getting hot. <laughs> but it, <laughs> The box of wine. The box of wine. Yeah, fish eye. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> there is, but I'm not gonna say, not gonna say it. it. You can just oh, think we'll of it till, on your own, listeners. We'll wait till your roommates come back because they'll love labels. Um, They'll be like, oh, fishy for the fish eye for the lesbian for the uh, put you in a box, but but yeah. So you, you uh, I think we're. I mean, yeah, but I do. There's I own so a, there's so many nuances. There's, there's so, so many things, and gay men do love labels. Like, I own. For sure. I own a lot of flannel. In fact, when I came out to my brother, it was the first person in my family that I came out to. I wanted to do it in person, but like didn't work up the courage. So we ended up FaceTiming and I'm talking to him and I'm like, listen, there's this thing I have to tell you. I'm like kind of crying. I don't know how he's going to react. I think he's going to take it well, but I also know he's not expecting it. And I was like, I just, I want to tell you that I'm not. And every time I've come out to someone in my family, I started by saying, I'm not straight. Rather than saying mm-hmm. I'm queer or I'm gay mm-hmm. or I'm a lesbian, mm-hmm. it's I'm not straight because it feels softer mm-hmm. and I feel like they're going to take it a little bit better because they know the word straight. Mm-hmm. But my bro- again, my brother was totally great about it. And one of the first things he said to me, which like I've rolled my eyes a little bit because I hate stereotypes, but he was like, well, you have been wearing a lot of flannel lately. <laughs> And I was like, that's okay. that's the dumbest, most superficial thing I've heard. <laughs> However, it takes some sort of like cultural knowledge to know that there's this weird association, whether it's true or not. There's like this stereotype that 
that lesbian women like flannel. And the fact that he mm-hmm. was aware of this like connection, yes. true or not, just tells me that he knows even more than I thought. And, and that he's he really, trying to he's show trying. he cares. He's, he's, try- he's yeah. really trying to show he cares. And that's like, my parents were so worried, I think, about saying the wrong thing. Like mm-hmm. when I came out to them, and I, I talked about this before in the coming out episode, that there was like a, a letter that I wrote to my parents and then mm-hmm. I had to run away because like I just could not face them. I could not even say the words, I'm not straight. Mm-hmm. Definitely couldn't have said the words, I'm gay. Had to write it down because like I'm a person who needs that. Yeah. Like, this is the perfect message. Take my perfect message, mom and dad, mm-hmm. and then figure it out for yourself. So I definitely understand that. Like when, when I, uh, even my friends who are like, oh, who's the man and, and who's the woman? I get what they're saying is, is, is for some of the more mature friends when you tell them when they're older. What they're trying to ask you is like, what is it like? Like, I don't know what the fuck to say. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot of ignorant people who say who's the man Mm -hmm. and who's the woman. But I do believe that most of my friends are compassionate. And what they're asking is, like, who does what in your Mm -hmm. relationship? Like, who, like, how, like, how do you have sex? Like, I know that's, like, what they're, what they're kind of getting to. Or, like, Mm -hmm. who, who's the breadwinner? Who's, like, the this? And that is, the only reason I take issue with that is because it doesn't, like, recognize the binary that exists in yeah. their own culture. Let's shake that norm. Shake that fucking norm. Yeah. Out of existence. I yeah. just want it to go away. Like it's we don't bullshit. We don't yeah. need those bullshit labels in any community. No. And that's no. like I think about my siblings, like my oldest siblings, like I think they they both like work like my my brother and sister and then like my they're my in-laws mm-hmm. like they both work their asses off they both contribute to the family they mm-hmm. both do what they are doing with the degrees that they have then i have my other like siblings and i have my like brother who like tends to rely more on my sister-in-law for the finances that come to their mm. like family then i have my sister and it's like the opposite because of like where they are with their kids like there's there's like a million things like my brother mm-hmm. right now is a stay-at-home dad my sister now is working part-time as a and then at a stay at, and is a stay-at-home mom so like there's a million different things that people can be even in the straight community so yeah. like when you ask questions like who's the man and who's the woman what you're asking is like totally devaluing it's your like, own relationship as a straight right, person, as right. a straight woman specifically, because I think straight women tend to ask that question a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they really want to know, like, who fucks who? Like, and you can just ask me that. Like, <laughs> you can't ask everyone that, but you can ask me that, mm-hmm. you know, and I will explain that to you. Yeah. Like, but even so, like, obviously, like, in the over the course of my relationship, I've taken a lot more dick than I haven't. So a lot of people are like, oh, well, so that means you're the more feminine one. Or I, I can't believe that because you're taller. And I'm like, what What does that what mean? What does that have like, to do like, with anything? Like, like please, please oh think God. about that. You yeah. know, like, and I know that what people are saying is like, well, I date men and men tend to be taller than women. So, you know, as the taller person, you must be the one putting your penis wherever. And it's like, that is just so the opposite of like, mm-hmm. what is true? Like, so are you versatile? I don't think that people know what the fuck that means. Yeah. Like sometimes you like it as much as you can give it. And yeah. you know, like, and, and you Reciprocity just want is important in whatever form it comes. Completely agree. Ooh, that was really good. <laughs> Episode <pun>. title. <laughs> Episode title. But I just like think it's, 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 they define the binaries for themselves too. Mm-hmm. And then they try to define it for us. And I just fucking laugh. It's I like, wonder who's going to work. And I'm like, we both are. Yeah. 
Why? We both want to go to fucking the continent of Africa <laughs> and tour the <laughs> continent of Africa. So I, I, it, it's, it's fantastic the way that people generalize when their relationships are not generalized. Right. Like they're not. They just feel that's the lens at which they mm-hmm. see the world. Well, that's, I, think, I think it's fear driven. I think that people, when they are faced with something that they can't understand or haven't experienced for themselves, there's this weird, whether it's like survival instinct or like subconscious, unconscious, whatever. I don't know, but it's like whatever they're saying, I have to make it fit into my worldview and the way that I see things. I can't possibly have the empathy and the compassion to understand that this is outside of how I've experienced life. So I have to make whatever they're saying fit into my, my views, into my yeah. mold. Not just accepting that people are different. Right. That's like the hardest thing for people to do, even though they may say that they're tolerant of people's differences. Mm -hmm. So that was like one of the best rants I've ever had. But I do want to get more into those details of like, what is it like, you know, you said like you haven't dated a ton since you've Mm -hmm. come out. Like, but what, what is it like for you? And this listeners TM, this is not the only lesbian experience. If you didn't get that from that rant, there's a million different kinds of lesbians, mm-hmm. queer people, gay people. Like, what is it like to be a gay lady? Like, what, you know, what, what, that was like such a generic question. <laughs> I'm gonna cut that out. But like, dating in the gay community, mm-hmm. dating in the gay lady community, yeah. what is that like? It has been a journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know where to start. I, so, before I came out to my family, I really wasn't that comfortable dating because I felt like I had this secret. Like there was something about like n- my family not knowing that was keeping me from just like being my fullest self and dating felt like this very like open thing that I was afraid of, if that makes sense. Like going out with another woman in a restaurant it just felt too real. Sweaty, and I, I, like, I just was like, yeah, I just like, I felt like I had the secret sweaty and palms. I felt so much guilt um, around my family not knowing that I, it was my excuse to not date because I think I was like a little nervous about it all. Um, and so I, once I came out to them, I was like, you know what? F it. Now I'm out like everywhere that it matters. Like I just need to go for it and and see what's out there. And I'd been on dating apps and stuff before, but hadn't done a ton of dating again out of this weird guilt. Um, But it, it's very hard. And Mm. I I don't know if this is just my Mm. experience as a queer woman on dating apps or if this is a general dating app thing that people experience, Mm -hmm. but I... It's a lot of work and a lot of energy for very little payoff. And I think specifically for my experience... And when you're like, this is you looking for a relationship or just to meet someone? I mean, the hope is always that like maybe some sort of relationship will come out of it. Like, I've got a great group of friends. Could I expand my queer community? For sure. But I'm sort of looking for something more Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, if, if I end up going out with someone and it turns out that we're really great friends like hopefully we can stay friends and that's great um but, but my uh, main those goal reasons you're putting in a lot of work re- right yes. for a relationship so i'm putting in all this work <laughs> like talking to people but then it it also it always turns into there are sort of like two ends of the spectrum it's either like hey how are you 
fine. How are you? Great. How's your week? Like this like very superficial service level back and forth that goes on for a day or two and then you never hear from the person again. Or there's someone and you have this connection and you keep talking back and forth on the app and then out of nowhere it's just done and you never meet. Hmm. And so like I've had both of those situations happen where it's like, I feel like I click right away, but then nobody ever jumps to say, let's just have a drink. Let's go out. Let's meet each other. Let's get coffee. Let's whatever and do this in person and actually get to know each other in an authentic way. Mm -hmm. I hate messaging online, especially with people that I have never met in person. Right. Yeah. Um, And so like that, that tends to happen or you match with people and you never talk to each other or I would say for every 10 profiles that I look at, one or two of them are a couple looking for a third. There, Here's another term, to, to, unicorn. So there's a oh. couple, usually a man and a woman. However, I have seen two women before looking for someone to have fun with. And that some people say things like, we just want to hang out with a lovely fun girl to like, we're looking for a third, like let's get it down and dirty in the bedroom kind okay. of thing. Like, and, and, so, and then is there like... Uh, like polyamorous relationships or do you not see that as much because like that is a thing that exists very much so in in the gay male community totally so like for those where it's like a couple looking for a third another term another label we could talk about is a unicorn Mm -hmm. which is usually a woman either bi or gay who is willing to be with a couple of some sort and so in my profile it says not a unicorn (laughs) Wow. So I can't just, even like, believe that you have to include that in there. You do. You huh. do. Because, like, again, out of, like, ten, one or two of those people wow. are looking for a unicorn. Huh. And, like, more power to the people that want to do that. This is not me saying that that's bad or wrong or not something that people should do. But that means that there's a but lot of women not... out there who are probably okay with some bisexuality. Yeah. In there. Which is great. Yeah. But right, I'm right. Yeah. looking for a gay lady relationship. Right. Um, not yeah. a couple that's established... I don't like feeling like the third wheel in any form. No. <laughs> Friendship, <laughs> relationship, otherwise. Or is the tenth uh, wheel in a gay bar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if we are uh, having fun, but yeah. Yeah, huh. and then. Um, so you, now, so you've captured so like the, the the two out of every ten couples mm-hmm. are are looking for the unicorn, right? And then, and then like then three of three more of those are probably either ethically non-monogamous. What the fuck does that mean? It means that. For ethical reasons, they will not be monogamous because they just don't think that that's the way that humans are. Okay. And that monogamy is this social construct that has come to be over centuries of time. But these are Um, gay ladies or... Yeah. Gay or bi. Okay. um, Some kind of queer. Yeah. um, Hmm. Identified people who are ethically non-monogamous. Some of them in open relationships. Some of them in open marriages. There are women who are in open marriages with men who are just curious there are other women who are just curious, other women who are just looking for friends, other that's, women that's, that's who are polyamorous. I mean, that I probably one out of ten is actually another queer woman looking for a relationship Damn. with another queer woman. Damn. So, like, constantly swiping left. Right. Yeah, because and, and you can just tell that by the by the profile. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even. Mm-hmm. Wow, Jesus Christ! And like, I feel like every gay man says that they're looking for a relationship, but they're looking for sex. Mm. Like, and I say that as the most like I'm very much in tune with the fact that a lot of gay men are looking for relationships, but 
so many of them are like anti-fucking tradition. So mm-hmm. it's like we have to create anarchy and being in a relationship is anarchy or, or, or the the opposite of anarchy. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and so they, they must follow that path. And I'm like, I don't really think that's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have an opinion on that because I think it can mm-hmm. go either way. You know, mm-hmm. like I think you can have multiple types of relationships. You don't have to like just hate everything about being in a relationship like they're just keep your fucking mind open Mm -hmm. hello yeah like we're part of the queer community keep your fucking mind open to some things yeah 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 i and i like i know what i'm looking for and i know what is out there and like all of those different people who are looking for different things that i described those are great i'm not saying that they're wrong i'm not saying they're bad but like what i personally am looking for right now in my life at in this moment of time is that I want to date someone and just date that person and get to know them and hopefully develop some sort of relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really hard to find that on the apps. And I, I think in like the, um, I guess I've sort of been doing this since I was in Philly, but more so I came out to my parents like two and a half years ago. I've been in one relationship since then, um, but otherwise just dating. And I would say outside of that relationship where we met, at work so it wasn't online all of the other dates i've been on have been online and i would been through someone i met online and i would say that it was like maybe five or six in the last two and a half years 50 mm. percent of those turned into second dates 50 percent were like i knew i was out before the first drink like you're like oh like oh like Oof. you're totally different online <laughs> yeah. i don't know or just like i don't i'm very much a like gut person and i know right away whether or not we're gonna click i can like read people pretty oh, well for sure for so sure I'm like this isn't gonna work or this is um i've had a lot of really good second dates a couple smooches here and there but mm-hmm. like nothing yeah. really more than that and it's I... because it's so hard to find people and then like I'm 29. I'm old. I don't go to the bar that much. Like, I'm not raging all the time like I did in college. And when there's only one gay lady bar and you don't go out that much, like, it's really hard to meet people in an authentic way. Or, or meet new Yeah, people. or meet new people, yeah. right. And that's that's sort of where my, as you're talking, my, my question is, like, you asked, you know, I don't know if this is the same for straight people on dating apps or gay men on dating apps. And I'm like... I, I think that the one out of ten rule may be similar. Different mm. different characteristics. Sure. However, the volume at which you have to choose is so much higher. Mm. And I, I think because I, I, I really want to look at like the statistics and it could be it, it's gonna be so easy just to Google search it, but I'm just gonna speculate. But like if you think about what we were saying that there's like <clears throat> the the class of like it's white people all the way down to dark people like that also in many cases is also the size of the population and i would imagine i don't know what five to to ten percent of of people identify as gay men so or or, or, and maybe 15 percent of people identify as queer if that Mm -hmm. so like what is the pool of people who identify as like into gay ladies or a gay lady or like that number must be small so Mm -hmm. i think like that's what i'm thinking of with one bar that may make sense because of like the amount of gay women living in the area however like 
just like we have like our leather bars, our, you know, more Twinkie bars, we have our more partier bars, we have our theater bars, like we have many different types. Like for you, with one as toasted walnut, as great as that is, that becomes one area for people Mm -hmm. to interact. So you're going to see a lot of the same people. And if you don't have the stamina or desire to do that on a regular basis, because like Mm -hmm. meeting people at bars is not up your, not up your alley. Yeah. Like that's going to totally suck. Cause like the pool of people you have to pick from is so much less. So, Mm -hmm. so what do you do? Do you move to New York where there's like way more gay people? Or are you like, Nope, I like where I'm at. Like these are my roots. So what, what do you do to like find more gay women? I ask myself that all the time and I in like the last few weeks have honestly been like do I move somewhere else have I totally just like done the pool in Philly and seen everything that there is to see and met everyone like obviously I haven't met everyone but I just feel like I think you can tap out a community though I've exhausted the city but the thing is that like the other thing I crave and I don't know where to find it, is like a, a queer lady community in Philly. And I know that part of it is I totally self-sabotage of like, I don't know where to look. I don't know how to look. So I'm just not going to look. I'm not going to look. Yeah. And hopefully one day I'll meet a queer lady and they happen to have a larger community that I can meld into. <laughs> There's 300 lesbians like, like yeah, yeah. around the I can just like hope and pray <laughs> that, they're t- that the queer ladies are just going to be outside my door one day and be like, we welcome you. You have finally come into our presence. Right. But there's like uh, gay kickball. There's gay dodgeball. There's there gay is, fucking like, singing nights. There's gay. Me. Yeah. It terrifies yeah. me. Like, and but I, there's not that in I the t- same you know? Yeah, and, and also and I, if you don't fucking want to do that, that you're not going to meet people in that way, right? Like, it just like know. it just terrifies me a little bit, and I so I know that I'm my own worst enemy in terms of like trying to actually find a queer lady community in Philly. I'm sure it exists, but I don't even know where to look, and that's debilitating. Yeah, and it yeah. just like. That's, straight people yeah. don't. Even, straight people don't even have to think about that. I know they just like go somewhere, and there are other straight people there. What does that feel yeah. like? And again, like they uh, may they may fail in a billion relationships, but like generally speaking, the pool's pretty endless for you. Mm-hmm. There's always somebody who's like, "Oh, I have this friend. You have to like meet him." Oh my god, you know, like yeah, like I kind of forgive me, friends. I kind of laugh sometimes when like my straight female friends are like I can't meet anyone or I'm like whatever or like a lot of my uh straight male friends are like oh like DMing girls on Instagram that live hundreds of miles away because I'm like (laughs) what literally there are people in your backyard yeah probably in your backyard just over the fence (laughs) like just over the fence and I bet you that it you could meet them if you even gave half of the effort mm-hmm. that I won't say queer people because I am a blessed and privileged queer person, but that queer women and trans people have to experience like on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Like the pool gets smaller and smaller and smaller and knowing where to look, I can't even fucking imagine, you know, like when I was using Grinder in Philadelphia, when mm-hmm. I lived here before I met Jack, it was like, oh my God. Like, it was like, if you didn't pay the $10 a month to like see people beyond the radius of 20 miles, you yeah. had maxed out everyone mm-hmm. in three months. Yeah. Totally. And so it's like, 
if that pool is even smaller for lesbians, like where do you go? Where do I you come, look? I come across the same people all the time. Right. And all they, the time. they probably and just I'm delete like, a profile what? and recreate it. Exactly. Yeah. And do I do that too? Sometimes. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it's funny actually, cause I don't think that anything equivalent to grinder in its objective actually exists for gay women. Right. Like grinder, like, the got, point of which is to bone. Yeah. yeah. Like mm-hmm. we've got Tinder, we've got Bumble. I'm sure there are people on there who are like literally just there to bone as you would say. Um, <laughs> but I guess it's different when you don't, we don't have a bone. Well, yeah, like I mean, we got silicone. <laughs> hey, bones, it's the silicone but, bone. The silicone bone. <laughs> <laughs> episode gonna... title unpacking the silicone bone yeah i just found a uh, name for my dildo company <laughs> the silicone bone or your baking company oh god yeah. i hope nobody in my family ever listens to this i can't plug this please don't uh... please don't share it yeah i don't want it i don't want that for you yeah. <laughs> what a great name though i know um but anyway yeah they're like nothing like that exists you know <laughs> Like, maybe that thing truly isn't for you. Maybe the hookup mm. culture truly isn't for you. Or maybe you you haven't reached that point of, like, where this is something that you're like, I am comfortable with this, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like you strike me, and I would imagine many people would agree. As you're striking. You're beautiful. You're a model. Um, strike a pose. I feel like you strike me as someone who would not necessarily want to do that you know like like in in the little that i know about you in the grand scheme of you you strike me as someone who like wouldn't probably want like a temporary little one-night stand you know yeah i mean i don't think i would like oh, totally the gays are back ah! she's here she's queer <laughs> hi, hi. Oh, did you? Sorry, we've been... I was warning you that we were coming. Oh, no, it's fine. Yeah, if we weren't... Hi, how are you? (laughs) Hi, Chris. Oh, no, we're leaving all of this in. No! Hi, I'll be on a later episode. (laughs) How are you? They're doing a whole new season Um, around This is a work shirt, I promise. Uh, This is not... He's wearing a shirt that says Podcast Paul. Ask me about my podcast. It's like when you do icebreakers. And you have to like you're like I'm adventurous Andrew. I'm podcast Paul. What's <laughs> up? Yeah. So we have these things called. Um, let me pause for this item. Okay, everyone, thank you so much for listening to part one of Unpacking Gay Ladies. Uh, As you can tell, we were interrupted by uh, Kathleen's roommates, my cousin. Um, So we had a quick bit of dialogue around the podcast, and then uh, Kathleen and I quickly jumped back into talking. So next week, you guys will hear the rest of our conversation. So we have, I think it's like another... 30 to 40 minutes or so that we're going to talk so so quite a bit um sorry again for that abrupt ending but um you can always continue to stay in touch with us by listening to our old episodes um you can follow us on instagram at let's unpack that underscore podcast or you can give us feedback or ideas for the podcast at let's unpack that pod at gmail.com so um again part two will be available next week on tuesday morning at 6 a.m eastern time new york time in the united states um and then uh we'll have a couple more topics coming 
coming up from you. So again, please continue to sound off, like subscribe, share, whatever you need to do. Um, we just got word actually an email that we are starting to trend in the society and culture category. So your reviews are definitely helping. So uh, we appreciate anything and everything that you can give. Thank you guys so much for listening to Let's Unpack That. This is Paul and I'm out.